Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Naked Leadership Podcast, yet another episode. My name is Chad Brown, and in this conversation, I sit down and talk with Dan and Adrian about conducting a 360. This is a, um, a mechanism for feedback in an organization for any individual. And as you can hear in the beginning of the conversation, I really didn't know a lot about 360s prior to this conversation. So it was fun to come at it from a space of not knowing, being genuinely curious uh, and wanting to find out how in the world do we conduct a 360 in our organizations in a way that's effective. You know, Dan talks very explicitly, both Dan and Adrian talk very explicitly that if a 360 is not done correctly, it can actually do more damage in your organization to your culture than it can good. So I can't wait for you to hear what they have to talk about um, as we explore the idea of conducting a 360 feedback. Let's dive into it. Hello, everybody. This is Chad. I'm here with Dan and Adrian. Welcome back to the Naked Leadership Podcast. How are you, gentlemen? Well, good. good to be here. Above ground. Above ground. And alive. That's, and coming, alive. that's coming back every time now. That's right. It's my usual response anyway. <laughs> Well, it's great to be with you. I'm excited about today's conversation, talking about um, 360s. I don't have a lot of language around this. This was actually a new la- a, a new idea for me, actually requested by one of our listeners, Maureen. Um, I think I hope I'm saying her name correctly, but she had requested that we talk about how to set how to set up and execute a 360 evaluation. And I thought that was a fantastic idea. I know we've mentioned it a couple times here on the podcast. Also, Dan, you have years and years of experience uh, taking organizations and teams through an exercise like this. So I'm just ready to sit back in this conversation and learn ask questions and uh, figure out what we can can get on the table. So would one of you just maybe Dan, would you be willing to set up for the audience? Maybe if somebody doesn't isn't familiar with the term, um, or has never uh, done a 360 before just kind of set up what the what it is what a 360 is and what the goals are? Well, I mean, they're usually set up. It's a form of feedback, right? It's a way of getting feedback from the people that work around you 360, that's the word 360, the people that you're both maybe report to you and or working uh, that you have contact with on a regular basis. And and it can include everything. You could even include, you know, sellers and, and uh, vendors, that vendors et cetera. It could be like, it could be, it could be that extensive if you wanted it to be. Now, the thing that, there's a lot of research on 360s, and generally they don't work. So that's one thing going in you got to realize. <laughs> okay, great setup. Yeah. <laughs> you know, episode over. <laughs> don't do them. See ya. No. I've done a lot of them, and they do work if you know what you're doing. But there are some. There's some. You know, think about it. You work with people. And if if you're, let's say you're the CEO and you want a 360, well, you better, it's like there's got to be an understanding and the culture is going to have a lot to do with how successful a 360 can be. And because frankness, or if you will, transparency and openness are crucial. And some of the common mistakes are 
that we have a, they tend to be bitch sessions about the person that they're about and they're and the other thing is they're not they they tend to be anonymous people like to make them anonymous because think about it if in your culture you are going to do a 360 or going to get feedback of any kind and you think it's got to be anonymous that tells you a lot about the culture you're living in yeah what does it tell us well, think about it. If it's like a family where I can't say what's really there for me, I can't be transparent. So I've got to do it anonymously. And there are numerous problems with an anonymity in feedback because people then there's no way to correct or may or, or have, a, if you will, iron sharpening iron where you can become sharper, you sharpen the sword because you're getting the feedback, right? You know, I and I open our organization, I welcome feedback. I hope that's evident. You can give me feedback if it isn't. And I want that. And I know Adrian does. We give each other honest, transparent, like this is what's going on for me. And the openness is to go, okay, is to remember that I, I think openness starts with the distinction of remembering that it's learning and that what I'm going to do is learn. I'm And by listening to understand what, let's say, Adrian or you have to say to me, isn't doesn't mean I agree with it, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's the first thing that gets collapsed mm-hmm. rather than, you know, I'm going to listen to what's being said here. I'm going to try it on. I'm going to ask myself a certain set of questions. If this was true, what I want to know. And in when it's true, what I want to know when it's true, because it's not always true. And what's the impact of it when it is true, when it's going on? Like, those are questions that an open uh, listener would be asking, right? To live in the question of what, so it's here. But what happens in a, it, normally in a 360, if you don't set that context, yeah. is there's a tendency to to hear condemnation or to hear, you know, judgment or you know like that and even if somebody sends judgment and i'm in an open mindset i'm going to find the truth in the judgment my grandfather used to say find the truth as quick as you can in what your enemy says because that's the best way to learn and also to help bring an enemy over right to, you, know, you, you if there is a possibility that's where it lives so the idea is to kind of listen for what gosh, where, what can I learn? And and a lot of times when we hear feedback, we have a tendency to negate it before we even look into it. Right? That's also part of openness. But the strategies of there's a, there's a number of ways you can get software, and there's software programs where you can do 360s. There's you can get you can look online and get good and get some questions to ask, but really the ability to set the context. And to be able to carry it out in the culture is really vital. It's not, uh, it, it, it takes some time and it takes, it, it takes, you have to think ahead about what the potential pitfalls are and prepare for them, if that makes sense. Sure. Well, let me just add, I think maybe some framework at the top of this, because I think what you're, what you're saying, Dan, is like vital on how to get some value out of a 360. Can we, I want to add a little bit more on the front end of it, why they don't work. Like, cause yeah. I, think, I think what you're saying is great. I think it's around usually 
like with most things in life, people don't inquire into the purpose of what they're up to. Yeah. So if I think the traditional purpose of 360s are either it's on like some HR calendar or this is the person's work, the CEO's worked here for two years and this is when we do a 360. And so let's just do this thing. And most, almost all performance analysis in any company I'm working with is bullshit. Like they don't, think about it. They don't think about it on a daily basis or weekly basis or monthly basis. Performance analysis is a checklist that they must do to satisfy some legal requirement. Or it's what they're doing to set up firing someone. You know, so it's a mixed intention. It's actually setting up. They're already done with the person, but now we're starting the legal chain to, to get them out. So the purpose of it is to find something wrong. And that, that's fine if that's what the purpose is. But the, to inquire in the purpose of this 360 is what's is what's important. So if it is, you know, does the person want feedback? That's a good question to ask. You know, it, it is it, is the person that's being having a 360 done about them? Are they on board? Do they want it? If so, what do they want from it? You know, is it? I mean, I think in an ideal sense, I think to your point, Dan, in an ideal in an ideal sense. If I'm leading a big company, I and I'm committed to being successful and I'm committed to making a difference with my team, I want to know what I don't know. Like I want to be I want my my blind spots to be illuminated so that I can be more effective and so that I can so it works. So yeah, my yeah. my leadership works, right? So if that's the purpose of a 360, then you'll go about it very differently than this is a requirement it's a must, you know, it's, yeah. it's happening to me. Then let's just do this kind of dog and pony show, which most feedback in the corporate setting is. It's a dog and pony show. It's a check boxes. It's a, it's a, you know, what do I need to score them so well, that I don't. If the only time you get feedback is at your annual review or, or a 360, it's probably not going to be very helpful. Yeah. You're, you're, and you might be suspicious since, you never get feedback, and all of a sudden now you're getting 360 degrees of feedback. Am yeah. I going somewhere? Is there something I don't know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think for all the leaders listening, if ask yourself this question: If I were to do, if my company, if I were to do a facilitate a 360 for myself, would I be surprised? What would I be surprised about? You know, I think in an ideal sense, if we're practicing transparency, like you're talking about, Dan, or practicing openness, then I've actually sought in real time feedback. When I when I see a teammate that's frustrated, actually, I engage with them about what they're frustrated about. And I inquire into what's missing from me as a leader of the team. You know, so there ought not be huge amounts of surprise. Some of them might be nuances and maybe something is like, a, oh, I didn't see that. That's great. Now I know that. Most of us, though, aren't asking those questions on a regular basis. You know, we're not inquiring into how am I doing? I've got my own view about how I'm doing. I want to know if it's really consistent with the opinions of others. Um, so anyway, so the purpose of, you know, the purpose of the 360 is really important. And if the per- person, if the person being uh, reviewed or whatever wants it, because if the person wants it, then they then they've they can actually set up an environment in which because HR is probably going to want to do it anonymously because HR likes to do it anonymously. They like to have the least amount of troubles, problems to deal with. 
And which is ironic because the problems aren't going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. They're That's still right. going to be there. They're just not going to be seen. It's like the ostrich with his head in the sand. Right. <laughs> right. Well, what I hear all the time is it, here's here's what they say. This a client just said this this week. I, I asked my people to fill out this survey. Same same topic. Asked my people to fill out this survey, and I said, "Great." Did they fill it out anonymously? And he said, "Yes." And I said, "Why did you do that?" He said, "Because I wanted participation to go up." That's what he said. That wow. there was this there was this understanding, this belief anyway, that if it was anonymous, more people would participate. And yeah. he doesn't think that that's the biggest piece of feedback already. Before the survey even goes out, he knows that nobody wants to be honest here or feels like they can unless they don't put their name on it. And so I was going to say, I almost said, well, there's your feedback. There's your feedback right there. Exactly. Like, you don't have to go do a 360. You know that people aren't willing to be transparent, which means now, so then the next thought is, well, why, so what? People are willing to be transparent. What's the value of transparency and openness? And I don't think enough leaders, founders especially, ask this question because one of the biggest complaints we get, correct me if I'm wrong here, Adrian, but is I'm sick and tired of things being this way. How do we get them to shift? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's because if people aren't really saying where they're at, then wherever you're moving from isn't where you're at. So you're not going to get to where you want to go. Yeah. Right. So that to be able to make any change, you first have to locate where the organization is individually. Like there is no organization out there, just a bunch of individuals. And unless you can locate where your leadership team is and notice the commonalities and see what the gaps are and understand what's like get a sense of what's wanted needed to bring to bring some synergy right which is we there's all kinds of evidence all kinds of neurological studies show that human beings think much better in a group than they do alone only if the group is connected yeah otherwise you're alone in the group right you're siloed in the group so the in order to what what good feedback does is it brings us together where we are so when we move we can move with some power, create synergy, and and a lot less effort. So yeah. it's really crazy. We have the saying that we use, slow down to go faster, right? So you might have to slow down to get everybody aligned and on the same page. But when you move, you're going to leap, right? And the biggest fear people have is, oh, well, this is just going to be a waste of time. We're going to get into this room for a day or two, and we're going to waste our time and come out behind. Yeah. And we So many times we've heard, holy Toledo, I can't believe the momentum we got out of that because we had just, we basically started to invite people to come out and say what was really going on. And they created an environment where they were willing to listen and consider. That's when things start to pop and move. There's no way around it. Yeah. If you're going to deal with humans. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, it's like people settle for anonymity instead of instead of generating neutrality. Because people ought to be able to share what's going on for them. And then whatever they share is great. Like that's just feedback on where they are or where it is, or at least their opinion about what's happening. But because we don't want to do that, we settle for anonymity. And it's like, okay, we'll just take people's names off of it. You know, and, and like people can't have their opinion no matter what it is. 
without fearing kind of retribution or whatever, they, you know, most people or HR people I talk to, they'll say, oh, it's just safer. If you create safety, then they share, but there's no teeth. There's no next step if it's, if it's that neutered. Well, and then it grows, right? That's it right. continues to grow. There's, there's, uh, I, I was working with a large company with their sales team and they were afraid of their, they just didn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't say everything that was there because they didn't want to get, they, they had a very powerful senior VP of sales who was extremely forceful. And so there were plenty of ways he communicated that let them know that they ought not say certain things that even though they were there and even though there were problems they were looking at, they knew he didn't want to hear them. And so they didn't say it. So, you know, obviously the t- they plateaued at a pretty good level, but the story was they couldn't get any more of the market because they owned 25% of the market. But when we started getting these conversations on the table, even though it caused some upset at first, man, they broke through. They, it was another 7% in the next year, very large, multi-billion dollar company. And, and that made a huge difference, just that. We didn't change anything. We just found a lot of value that was right there on the table that wasn't being appreciated because they wouldn't talk about it because it looked like, you know, most opportunities look like a threat when you're in your comfort zone because they're going to call you outside the comfort zone. So they're going to feel like a threat. The idea is how do I know that's a threat? And how do I know if it's a possibility or a threat, an opportunity or a threat? Well, the only way is to look into it. I have to have some way of looking into it and I've got to be willing to hear what it really is before I can assess what can really, what's really possible. Right. And that, I think, you know, a lot of executives nowadays, they just want the formula. And to them, this is all psychobabble. And so they stay stuck. But this, we're talking about nearly, you know, this is all scientifically proven, this kind of stuff. That's why if you watch, I love Ray Dalio's stuff, his stuff on principles, the book principles. I think he nails it well comes out of the same school, but I, there's no, no accident that he has people come on and they stay there 14, 15, 18 years. Right. Yeah. But he, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's generated the type of culture that wants feedback. Yeah. So three sixties are like, what we, we give people feedback all the time. Yeah. It's not, and like, we're not hiring you for a position. We're hiring you for a lifetime. So you're going to fail. Yeah. Well, let's get going. Let's get failing faster. Let's yeah. get up on the road here. Yeah, fail faster. So, no, Dan, oh, go ahead, Adrian. Sorry, uh, I was just—I was just going to point out. I mean, it's always I mean, for those that are listening and wondering why what we're talking about here. It's always hard when Dan, when when we start talking about an issue, we want to talk about what's invisible in the issue. Yeah, you know, naturally, because we always talk about at TNG across the board. We're always talking about the container that the thing's in, right? The context that whatever the problem is in and it's usually interpersonal um, and it's going on between our ears, right? So for those that turn this on to go find out a one, two, three step process, we want to talk about what's not being considered usually before or during the, the process itself, because usually those things will be what's generating the outcome, not the process itself. You know, the focus, the energy, the evaluative uh, filters, um, the level of honesty and courage in the process. Like that's what, I mean, I was just in a conversation this morning about what our work is like. 
And, you know, she was asking if there was like a one, two, three step process. And I, I said, sure, there is, but that's not what makes anything work. I mean, there is a process at play, but it's the fact that I don't care what somebody thinks about me. That's, I mean, when I'm talking to like a new client or like I really care about helping them get what they want versus them liking me. And they won't know, but that's the secret sauce and why the impact we have with them is way beyond the, the, the schmoozy person that just came in the door. So in this case, first principle would be openness and transparency, because without it, it undermines whatever process people begin to put. You can put the most meticulous process into a culture that doesn't value transparency and openness, and it's just going to be rearranging the deck furniture in the Titanic. You're going to get the same outcome, just a little different configuration. Right. Yeah. And so that's that's probably the most, I think it's the most challenging thing because most, at least a lot of the companies we work with, people want to work, deal with the content of what they're doing. And they honestly think that the content, the structure, and the process is what's producing what's there versus the way they work together. The, the first principles of how they relate to those who, how they're there, what they bring to there, what, what they think makes a difference. Like, like you said, we can do the best process, but it won't make a difference. It's yep. who we are in the process. It's the way we're relating to both our purpose and each other in the process. I mean, you, you, you go into a you can go into a like a group of engineers and give them the best process in the world. They'll love it. But if you don't, if they feel like they're just a tool, then it's going nowhere. They're going to let you know they're not just tools. Yep. I, I mean, I've seen it millions of times. All right. So you guys hit down my next. You, you annihilated, killed my next question before I could even ask it. Uh, but I'm going to ask it anyway because if I'm listening to this and I'm a leader in, a, in an organization, even if my organization at this point is not a culture of of openness and transparency, I still want to start the process of being able to to implement this kind of feedback in my culture. You know, and and we have episodes and episodes in this podcast about how to start doing that, but I do want to have a conversation about where do I start? Dan, if you're if I'm hiring you to come in and help us do a 360, what are you going to do? What you know, where are you going to start? Where are you going to take us? How are you going to help implement this process that we don't I get that it's not the process, but it, you know, how do I start to organize my thoughts around? Well, first thing we would do like like Adrian said we want to understand what the purpose of the 360 is. What do you want to actually get accomplished with the person that's going to be experiencing the 360? Are they in? Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to, one of the first principles is be ready for things you don't, like if you have a culture that is bound up, it's covert, it's hidden, then be ready to find out things you didn't want to know. Like, because the way, the path to what you want is through what you didn't want to know. It's it's like, if you're not willing to walk through that, then don't do a 360. Don't do any of that. Because you're going to be uncovering things that up until that moment, you have been unwilling to see. And that, and usually, it, you know, one of the principles is that you're hungry enough for what you say matters to you as an organization. 
what your mission is, that you're willing to face the discomfort of what you don't want to see. Yeah. That, that the vision is worth that, that the future that you guys represent together is worth taking the risk of things coming undone. They get they first principle. If it's a culture that isn't transparent and isn't open, which means it's not learning fast enough, it's not correcting fast enough, it's behind the curve, it's reactive. If you're reacting to everything, then that's a culture that's not communicating. Then you've got to be ready to face the things you say you don't want to see or that upset you. And they're going to show up like this. They're going to show up like, I don't have time for that. And the question, well, the point is, you don't have time for that because you haven't been willing to get into that, right? Because to get around something takes a lot more time than to actually go into it, learn what it has to teach and move, and, and that'll throw you forward, right? Those are things, but how do you set that up? You know, you, you have personalities, you have power plays, there's all kinds of politics. Those things break down if a leader is willing to stand in the middle of that discomfort for the sake of bringing the team together and get aligned with what they're doing. And, and that's, that's no, it, it, it requires conversation, a lot of conversation. Usually if you haven't been having these conversations, you're going to be having a lot of conversations until they get cleared up and people start to come together. Right. It, what happens is people get in the middle of it and they go, Holy crap, is this how it's always going to be? Well, no, that's how it's always been up until now. Now, if you actually stand in the middle of it, you'll start to clear it out. It, and some people that you care about will stay and some people you care about will, may want to go. But you'll get clear about what you what's wanted and needed to take the company to the, or the, you know, the team to the next level. Yeah. Cool. So it's, if I would just to add to all that, the, so we'd inquire into like what the purpose of it is. And if the purpose isn't clear, the purpose needs to get clear. And if the outcomes aren't clear, the outcomes need to get clear. Because if you if you aren't willing to have a purpose and have outcomes, then don't do it. Yeah. Because you know, letting people air their frustrations with zero interest in doing anything about it is counterproductive. Don't leave alone. You're better off. You're better off because you're just going to open up a bunch of you're going because. The 360 itself is a signal that we want to hear something. But if I'm giving the signal that I want to hear something, but I know I'm going to do nothing with what I hear, then it's going to be counterproductive and it's a slap to them. So first off, get honest about that, like what the purpose is and what the outcome is. Great. Yeah. Great. So I'm, I'm a CEO. Uh, we've brought you into the organization. I am the 360. I'm going to get feedback 360 degrees around me. I am open and willing to listen to whatever comes. And the purpose is clear. Now what? It depends. There's a number of ways to do it, right? You can, there's a soft, you can go online and get a software. costs a little more money. They've got a series of questions you can go through, and then you'll put other people through, the people in your 360, and they'll collate the, the feedback. Or you can do it personally. And we would structure a number of questions for you, for the people that you're going to give you feedback. Um, we would make sure they know that you're going to get the feedback, that you're open for the feedback, that you're looking to hear it and you for your own betterment so that you're requesting them to be as honest, just to be honest about what worked, what about these questions. And the questions are going to be formed around what's working, 
what's not working in very specific domains of the 360, right? How would you, how, Dan, how would you start that um, finding process about the questions? Like how would you determine the questions that are going to get us the information we need to actually reach or, you know, get, get to the outcome that we're wanting? There are a number of categories. So there's, there's um, the future vision. Mm-hmm. So for instance, how well, like each person, what would you, for instance, you could, you could do a rating. What would you rate Chad's ability to clear, clearly communicate, his ability to clearly communicate and engage you in the future, the vision of the future of this organization? And then if they have, you know, they might rate that one to five, right? Mm-hmm. And then give, and if, are there any comments, right? Get those comments. I have some open-ended questions, like tell me about a time when, Chad communicated clearly the vision of the future for the team. Uh, you know, give me an idea of what happened for you. And so that gets them, I get it. What I'm trying to do is A, get their rating. B, give me a circumstance that they may be, because when people rate, they think of things. And those things could be valuable feedback. Specific examples. Right, yeah. So what worked, what didn't work in Chad's communication? What inspired you, what didn't? Because you don't know that. Mm-hmm. What's clear to you, what's not? Right. Mm-hmm. What's one specific way you think uh, that Chad's anticipated how the future trends will impact your company? That might be another question. Right. So yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, I'm not I'm not asking for the questions. I think these is cool. This is great to give examples. I'm yeah. asking, you know, what's the thinking behind formulating those that are going to get you to the outcomes that you say you're committed to, right? Because that's sure. uh, that's going to be an incredible, important part. So once you have those questions, you're clear on what's going to get you to some good information, some neutral information, what we talked about, right? Earlier, yeah. like we're committed to neutrality. So what's going to get you to that neutral information? And then how do I, as a, like, how is it presented to me as the CEO and how do I integrate it or how do I take from it, glean from it, what's going to allow me to create what we say we're committed to create? Well, okay. So those are a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, right? I know. So, so <laughs> my purpose is giving you... So, that, so you get an idea of the types of questions we would ask. Yeah. So I'm getting a rating. I'm getting an example. So I can... So that the person receiving the feedback can get some real concrete, actionable shifts. They can, they can, oh, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was how that was coming across. I didn't, you know, I can shift that. I can do this about that. Or I, I'm going to go have a conversation with that person and see what else is wanted and needed, right? And, I, and there are certain specific areas that I'm going to work this on. Like, so the questions are going to be open-ended. They're going to be specific. They're going to give me examples. So I'm going to do it with decision-making. I'm going to do it with clarity. I'm going to do it with achieving results. I'm going to do it with reliability and consistency, interpersonal communication, collaboration, like that. Yeah. And those those areas will all possess certain ratings and open-ended questions that I'll be able to give to the person receiving the 360 very specific feedback about what about areas that they can areas where they are very strong and they can continue and count on that strength and areas where they can like improve areas where they might make some shifts and those shifts might be pretty evident given if there's a consistent see amongst the people he'll be able that he or she will be able to see 
the consistency of the feedback. What's, and then they'll be able to also locate, for instance, let's say I'm talking to Chad, and Chad felt this way, but Adrian and the other team didn't. I wonder what it was that worked didn't work for Chad. Now I can sit down with Chad, have a conversation, understand what worked there, and maybe it's something I want to take action on, or maybe it's not, but at least you feel heard. I have the benefit of that feedback. That informs me more about the audience I'm speaking into. Yeah. I'm also noticing as you're describing this process, what what putting myself in the place of if I am that CEO that's getting the feedback from this 360, I would be incredibly frustrated with anonymous feedback. It would drive me crazy. It would drive me nuts because not because I want to go <laughs> get, get get after the person that gave feed, like something that I wasn't happy with or whatever, but I would want to know more. I would want to have a conversation about, okay, great. What would work for you? You know, if it wasn't beautifully, if, if it wasn't laid out in the feedback of the 360, um, or how do we, you know, how do we together create something that's more functional for both of us? And just uh, anyway, that's just a side note. I'm well, just the reason for not doing anonymous feedback is that would drive me crazy. Well, you know, and what's really in, you know, interesting is you can have a very successful CEO. The business is running well. But they're gonna, they may have high turnover, right? That's costing them, but the business is so profitable, they don't care. I've had CEOs who re- just don't care. They don't, yeah. they don't care. So sure. you, then you get what you get. You're, not, you're obviously not getting the optimal results out of your team. But, you know, we, a lot of times we work for VCs and, and um, investment bankers, et cetera. And a lot of times they could give a rat's ass about the longevity of the team. They're just trying to turn it over. So, yep. you know, they get it to a level of performance. People may burn. So what? Right. Yeah. And, and, that, and then in that case, if you're in a case like that, you got you to come to terms with your own values. <laughs> that's, that's what that's each individual has to come to. And if that's what you've chosen, then no problem. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Just don't be, you know, be, be smart and don't, don't be disappointed because you, you know, you're going to be a tool there. Accept that you're a tool and get the most out of it. Right? That's that's what I say. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking. You know, Chad. I mean, your perspective exists for you because of the purpose that you, you know, the future you see in it. Right. So I, yeah. I want I want feedback from the people so I can go then talk to the people and make it right or shift or reengage or realign or have all those conversations. You know, if somebody's in the process just to kind of get it done with or get people off my back or prove how good I am or show again why XYZ team member, we ought to fire them, then they don't want. Because, you know, or or show show the board that I did the 360 and yeah, look how humble I am. Yeah. There's a, there's a million different political reasons to do it. Yeah. That's why, you know, Harvard wrote some really good stuff on this, but there's a lot of articles about different research articles on it. And basically what we've talked about today covers a lot of the principles, first principles that if things are going to go awry, they're going to go awry in the first principles. They're going to violate first principles, like the purpose. Do you want it? You know, uh, do the, are you willing to be as open as you are and, and, with other people's transparency, try it on, you know, right. know that probably going, you're going to be surprised. Are you open and ready and excited about learning from those surprises? You may be surprised. Yeah. 
A little side note that I think is interesting to think about now is, you know, one of the one of the benefits of it being anonymous is that I get to blame, I get to tag whoever I don't like with the bad feedback. Yeah. You know, that the conversation I was alluding to earlier when the guy sent out the survey, I was like, well, you know, like most people said this, one person said this, and he said, but I know who that is. And I said, how do you know who that is? He said, oh, I just think I know. I'm like, are you going to go talk to him about it? No, it's, it was an anonymous survey. But isn't that ironic? That's just so funny. As I get to tag the, I get to tag my favorite villain with the bad feedback so that I don't get to listen to it or definitely don't want to go have the conversation about it. And the last one I had, they want to do, do it anonymously. I said, I, I'm not doing that. You can do yeah. it yourself. And they said, okay, we'll do it. But I mean, what are you going to do? I go, I'm going to let them know what they're doing. And I'm, you know, letting him know the, CEO, what's going on, so they can talk afterwards, right? Right. And, but it, the culture was so and is still quite resistant to feedback, although that 360 went very well. Yeah. But I, it was like I had to be very diligent. I had to really stay on first principles, or I would, if I strayed, I would find myself in quicksand. Yeah. Like psychological quicksand. And if I, if I were to advocate, I mean, obviously we do things the way we do things because we think it works best. So pick somebody else if you want. I don't care if you're listening to this. Um, but why we think it's, it's more advantageous to have a human in there, at least for the why, how we do it, is we want to get to the core issues, not just symptomology. So if you're having a website do it, or if people are just typing stuff in, they're just going to answer however they want to answer in whatever mood they're in, in that moment in time, and nothing gets vetted. If we're on a conversation with somebody and somebody says something, we get to ask the questions behind that answer and get to the core issues, which is usually where the value is, not in the labels, but in the source conversations. So then we can synergize and put together a, a really a 360 view, i.e. of the patterns of the person's impact, and then say it to the person in such a way, you know, presented to them in a way that's very proactive and forward thinking and around where probably, hey, here's the five issues. Here are the issues in which we think these are the core issues. And if you had, if you were to attack them or go after them in these ways, we think this would be most advantageous to you. A website's not going to do that. A, right. a software is not going to do that. So and I think software, we think there are benefits of having human beings in the process. Yeah, absolutely. And the software... You know, it's, inex it's less inexpensive. You can do more 360s, but you can also cause a lot more trouble without the human context. It's just a big, you know, I've seen too much of it. So, Yeah. Well, this makes sense. If I were to, uh, you know, put this entire conversation into one sentence, it would be this. Be clear on the outcomes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is true about any coaching relationship. Exactly. That's exactly. First principle. What the hell are we doing here? Why are we doing yeah. Yep. And if you're feeling good, go take a warm bath. Go take a yeah. Bath. Yeah. Well, yeah. this has been uh, this has been incredibly educational for me and and fascinating. And thank you so much for entertaining and and allowing me to press you on process a little bit. I appreciate it. And uh, love you, dudes. Thanks so much. Thank good to be here. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate it, man. Really. Bye, bye, everybody. 
Well, friends of the podcast, thank you so much for joining us this week. If this podcast has helped you or entertained you at all, we encourage you to go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and a glowing review. That'll help us reach more people and grow this community. And finally, if you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can email me at chad at takenewground.com. Thank you so much for joining us. and We'll meet you back here next week for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast.